It's a long ball through. And oh my God, an insane goal! I've just seen the most insane goal I have ever seen on a football pitch. Incredible, incredible Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Ronaldo, he just slipped in behind Florenzi now. Ronaldo! This is Views from the Touchline. Hello and welcome back to Views from the Touchline. <laughs> I'm your host, Billy Rogers. Uh, alongside me is Alan Smith, and today we have a fantastic special guest. Uh, uh, who are you? Name yourself. <laughs> Hello, viewers from Views from the Touchline. My oh, name I, would is say, I would say listeners, actually. Listeners. Sorry, <laughs> listeners, Billy. I'm new to this. My name is Raul Escobar. I am a colleague of Billy and Alan's. A here, teammate as well. A teammate as well here at McDaniel College. Actually, a past a past teammate at this point. Now, uh, Raul concluded his uh, his his college uh, soccer career for McDaniel um, this this Sunday um, at a, at a what, where was that? At Lebanon Valley College. Tell us a little bit about our game on Sunday. Uh, just just you know, I think my, my dad was there, so he'll know a lot about that. But you know, for people who are new to uh, McDaniel soccer experience, tell us a little about uh, about the game on Sunday. What happened? Um, it was a pretty defensive game, to be honest. We didn't really. I don't think we created many chances, but then again, it was a tight game. It was back and forth. Mm-hmm. It wasn't many chances from both teams, but they ended up. Lebanon Valley ended up breaking through at one point early in the second half, and then we just couldn't. We couldn't break through their defense. Did they outplayed you, or is it just like? I think um, for some periods in the game, they they yeah. were they were a superior team. Like the first 15, 20 minutes, they were on top of us. Yeah. Like okay, but I think definitely um, there were a lot of times that where we had more possession and where we like, especially like the last twenty minutes, that was all us chasing the game. And it was mostly just them counterattacking. That's pretty much it. So, I don't know. It was kind of... Yeah, but I mean, Saturday was a good, definitely, like, a good playoff win for us. We beat Alvernia. Uh, you know, when Wells scored, that was pretty yeah, awesome. I watched that game, actually. You watched it live? Yeah, I was in my room. I think we actually had a bunch of people watching. Like, the girls team was watching. I guess you were watching. I think uh, Cabby was watching, too. Yeah, I was watching in my room, and I was like, holy crap, it's 1-1. And there's like, what was it, a minute and a half remaining in the second overtime or whatever? Yeah. And... Wellesley gets through on the left side. Or is it to the Bowman, right? Bowman, Bowman, Bowman crossed it. Bowman crossed it, and then Wellesley just gets through, touches it, and just dinks it, right? I was like, dinker? It was a little tapping, basically. Yeah. <coughs> it, was, it was a good, good finish, though. I think, yeah, yeah, it was a good finish. But, yeah, it's definitely nice to have nice to have Raul here. Uh, we've been looking forward to him having the show yeah. for a while now. It's, just, it's been a it's long first, time coming. <laughs> I want to say uh, me and Raul actually were the ones who constructed the uh, views from the touchline name this summer. Uh, we'd actually thought about doing the blog first. Uh, where it just be me and him writing and stuff. Where you know we haven't written as much now. It's been more kind of transition to the how podcast. Was, how long was the blog up for before this happened? Um, I made it. So basically, my dad got onto me to start doing things in my life around like junior year of high school, senior okay. high school. He kind of he told me that I had to write 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 for an hour a day every day. Uh, this was I think my junior year of high school. Right. And I eventually kind of like at first I would just write you know BS stories and stuff. I would just write whatever I wanted to. And eventually, I actually kind of was like, oh, I like writing about soccer. It's pretty cool. Like, I enjoy this a lot. Mm-hmm. And I started to blog, and I just write about um, Arsenal Youth Tour. It was all Arsenal-related. Cool. And then I think now, like, we kind of came together. And you did you write a piece, you wrote a piece last year, right? Well, it wasn't related to it. Was, it was still on the Arsenal blog, but I think you wrote a piece. Was it, like, Ronaldo-related or something? I like can't that? remember, honestly. Yeah. Like but when did you go to... Yeah, well, and then so Raul this summer... Did yeah. Raul go to you, or you, did you... No, I, yeah, I came, I came to Raul, and... Uh, I kind of was like, listen, like I think we should we should change this and make this more, you know, general. And we should kind of senior year, you'll be your senior year, be good for you, like in terms of 
your English major, it'd be good to have some content to show uh, your hopefully your future employers. You know, maybe like some things that you've written about, and your obviously your fantastic writing skills. You can put them on a show there, and uh, you know, I, I, you're great. You're a great writer, I have to say. Um, for if you guys who haven't uh, read any of Ryle's writing yet, he actually wrote a piece on the Man U game against uh, was it Swansea, the first like game. The opening game, yeah, one of the yeah. opening games, yeah, where he put about Matic. It was a great piece. So yeah, if you guys want more writing from Ral, uh, you're always able to submit any feedback through our social media sites where you can uh, request Ral to write some more pieces. Hopefully, he gets a either gets to be more active on the podcast or maybe gets to be more active within the uh, well, his writing. We got well. a poll up in our story. What did you say? We get a poll up in our story if Raul should be on the podcast more often. You put a poll? No, I wouldn't put a poll. You put a poll? No. <laughs> yes or no. Yes or no. <laughs> you get, get hella yeses. <laughs> so, we'll see. I mean, all right, well, we're, what we're going to talk about Okay, today. well, this week, uh, it's been a pretty dull week, I think, minus in, in soccer, you know, minus the, uh, the big story that we've talked about today is Italy. Uh, obviously, yesterday, Italy did not qualify for the World Cup, I think for the first time since like 1984, I want to say. 1958. 58. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so, actually, they tied 0-0 to Sweden. I guess Sweden went through now instead of... Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys heard our, our opening uh, opening goal this week uh, was actually a Zlatan bicycle, bicycle goal against England. Five years ago from today, yeah. That was five years ago. Yeah. Wow. So I can't even fathom Imagine that. being an Italian citizen right now. I mean, imagine how much the World Cup means to them since they won, they won it, what was it, 10 years ago? I feel like there's some really notable countries missing this year. Like, you know, you had Chile, who didn't qualify also the other day. Yep. Uh, you have Italy now. Uh, who, who else do you have? Oh, I think Switzerland qualified, though. That's kind of that's big for Switzerland. The U.S.? Oh, the US. yeah. Who cares about the U.S., though? <laughs> wow, what are, you, what, what are your thoughts? You missed the episode back then, but what are your thoughts on the U.S. not qualifying for the World Cup? I think I wanted to ask you that a while um, ago. As much as it, a disappointment it is, I think it's good for them, to be honest. Um, they've always kind of just cruised through qualifying because they're not in that strong of a... Um, bracket in the bracket, yeah. But I feel like this. I feel like their veteran players really just try to coast through it, and at this point, it didn't work. Uh, they're relying on Pulisic a lot more. Do you think they should the bet, or do you think it was more that they just got more complacent? Combination of both. I mean, I think just the talent wise is it just isn't there. You can blame like you can switch coaches all you want, but you want aren't good enough, aren't executing, and the coach can't do anything about that. Definitely. And I think like that's what happened. So, what do you think? Would it be more reaching into the youth? Program and bringing George Weah's son into the into the mix, or what do you think would be a mixture of having all right, maybe one or two really experienced players in the mix of those guys who are in the, the previous squad, yeah. right? I think it definitely does take. I think for me, um, you know, just from my my standpoint, I think it definitely does take some veteran players, you know, to make a team run. Obviously, like right. you look at our team two years ago, where we had like maybe one or two two veteran players, and it was it was a shit show. And you look now, where we have like three or four. Of, of seniors, obviously, who who very experienced, and right. we have some juniors too who have more experience as well, and right. it runs it runs a lot I better see that. I see in terms that. of your hierarchy of yeah. you know of each each level. So I mean, I think like I definitely don't think that they should keep the same squad moving forward, but I do think that you still should integrate yeah. a lot of your older players into into the team because you know that those people who they've been through those times and they know what's happening, they know what to do, they know what to tell these young right. players and stuff. Right. So, yeah. You don't want eleven or you don't want ten players in the field for the US young players running around with their head like they're like chickens with their head cut off and like not really knowing and not being calm and really like really That's why there's an under, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a reserve team for a reason. Right. Exactly. That's why you've the under twenty three, under twenty one, that's what those, yeah, that's, that's what that's reserved for. But I mean like I definitely think if you go through those teams and you find the top three players each, they're able to come to the squad. Definitely I think it's it's worth a shot, especially uh, given our the friendly today. So if you guys are listening now, I guess this would go up probably in an hour or so. The game kicks off at what? 3.45. Yeah, so U.S. play Portugal today. Yep. It's a friendly. 
Definitely worth a watch. Yeah. I think I'll probably I'll probably take a watch. I think uh, maybe with Raul too. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily going to be a really star-studded squad that we're going to have for the U.S. It's going to be a lot of young guys and a lot of guys we don't see much in the regular team. And it, in the first time in a couple of years, we're going to see a uh, really challenge for the goalkeeper position. That's true. Yeah, because you're going to have Zach Steffen from Columbus Crew. And you're gonna have a couple other guys that I can't even name right now that I've never yeah. seen. Yeah, I think I think it's notable to mention that Pulisic isn't in the squad. Yeah. Uh, just I don't think you guys should really freak out that much if you're a big U.S. fan. I think it's just they're <coughs> they're resting him, right? Yeah, it's the Dortmund. It's the Dortmund way in factor too, because they're probably having this. They probably had it in the conversation after they didn't qualify with the Dortmund coaching staff. Like, all right, if he's not qualified for the World Cup, what's the point of him playing in that fix, in those that friendly, Yeah, it's just we don't want to get him injured. Unnecessary injury. Yeah, because yeah. then that could stun his development as well slightly if he's in the in the uh, international or national team um, fixture. You know, I feel I feel like we say in every international break that it's just like, oh, this person's getting injured and then they get injured. This person's getting injured, they get injured. Like. Even with being an Arsenal fan, it is absolutely brutal. Like I think one week it's just Koscielny, next week it's Sanchez. Like it's just Stop it's an endless cycle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think like ninety percent of Arsenal's injuries are from international break. It's absolutely ridiculous. Right. Like I want to ask you: Is is Ronaldo playing uh, in the friendly? Do you have any no, idea? Oh, he would not. tear the U.S. apart if he was. <laughs> what What are your views on? Do you like international break? Do you watch the games at all? Because you know I'm. I think me and him. I'm not. I don't watch many international break games, especially World Cup qualifying. I have not watched like maybe I've seen one or two maybe. But, you know, I'm a very avid club club game watcher, but what are your views on international break? Do you watch it a lot or do you not? I mean, I don't really watch it too much. I feel like some, when they take international breaks, I feel like some countries will pull all their star players and some countries won't. So I feel like that kind of just takes away from the purpose of... The games are the a lot game. slower, right? The games are a lot slower, yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the purpose of those international breaks are, especially if they're just friendlies, it's just for the fans. True. I mean, if you're gonna pull all your, if one country's gonna bring all their stars, and another one isn't, then it's kind of just like, uh, I feel like, it, like you want to see both teams yeah. at their full force. Yeah, and I feel like it's to get the kinks out of the system. Like some players that can, that are new to that that like you see how mm-hmm. Jamie Vardy came into the England fixture, people not knowing how he would react on being there. In, that was England Germany, right? Yeah, England yeah. Germany on that stage and. No one knew that he would go in and score two goals or a goal. I wouldn't say they knew, but they didn't expect. They didn't him expect to. him to sort of have that impact that he did. So I think that's also one of the factors, like in my personal opinion, new players, yeah, new players to sort of. But then, see then how you, they you sort of start a question though, is like how much do those goals really mean though? Right. In terms of like, will Vardy be in the World Cup this coming? I mean, we'll see. We'll see today. Exactly. Like. Yeah. I, so I think it's just more a question of if it if it really means something like to the players. Yeah. Because I mean, it's enough to you know to represent your country. It's just more when you're playing for a friendly. Like I don't really get that, but I wanted to mention this. I saw on Twitter, um, FIFA is looking to uh, start coming up with these things. Uh, it was like the, it's some kind of league, like it's a worldwide league with all, but it, it replaces friendlies. So there'd be no friendlies anymore. I, I it was it's real news. Would yeah, be I saw a new trophy. Would be like a new trophy. So it's like yeah, it would be like instead of friendlies, like the friendlies would be this like FIFA World a Cup, whatever. It's just like yeah. so basically you play everyone in the world and it's just like a big group. I don't know how it works, but so, I read something about that. What, what do you think about that? Do you think it'd be kind of add more competitiveness or? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's like compared to the World Cup in sense of club football, it'd be like the comparing the Champions League to the Europa League at that point. You know, I mean. Sort of the the meaning of winning the Europa League is okay, but hey, it's better than better than winning like the League Cup or something like that. True, all right, but still, you you see what I'm saying? Like it doesn't seem as authentic. It doesn't seem as original as you going into the biggest tournament in world soccer or in the world in general and sort of competing there. But hey, I honestly, like for me, I honestly would rather watch a meaningful you know a tournament with a prize than a friendly match that has right. absolutely no no implications. 
besides money or you know or whatever or, or bragging rights. Right. I don't know. So I mean, I think like when you put a trophy on the line or maybe a, a money monetary prize. I think it honestly it does a good job of exposure. Yeah, so I'll figure. Yeah. I'll pull. It, I'll pull it up yeah, at some point. We'll, yeah, yeah we'll I it. wanted to touch on. We could. We started to mention it, and we kind of just went off into a, a tangent. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's talk about Italy not qualifying uh, for the first time ever. Uh, the the huge stories here were Buffon, Gio, uh, G- G- Giolani. How do you pronounce? Yeah, Giolani. Giolani. Can you pronounce it? I don't. Gg, I just G- say Gg. Gg Buffon, yeah. He played in his last game for Italy. Uh, is he thirty six now? Thirty seven. Oh, he's maybe he's forty. I don't see how old he is, but he's like. The Vinatieri of goalies. Yeah, so he actually, with that loss yesterday, not qualified for World Cup. That's his last game for Italy now. Yeah. I guess, do you think he'll retire from Juventus now in the season as well? We'll see. I mean, he might step down from being the starting goalkeeper and sort of take that bench position. Sort of like, uh, I don't even know how to compare it, but sort of like the Carlos Puglia of what he did when he was transitioning into the, like being a manager or being in that, being in the developmental stages for Juventus. If Gigi Buffon would go into do yeah. that, but I'd see him playing one or two more seasons for okay. Juventus. Yeah, a goalie being a goalie definitely is a more yeah. um, long term position. Do you say? Do you say he's top five ever goalkeepers? I'm not a big watcher of Italian soccer, so okay. I'm not seeing. I I know like his stats and stuff and how good he's been yeah. in the past. It's just more I've I've just heard about it. I haven't seen too much. He's 39 right now. Yeah, I I say he's the top five players right now in the world in terms of a goalie. In terms of general players. That's a that's a that's a lofty right. statement. He, I mean, at his Did age, you say he's a top five player in the world right now. I mean, I can say I, I would say know. top twenty. I mean, when you got to say this, last year's Champions League run that they made, they only conceded three goals the entire way. But look at their defense too. Until they got to the final. All right, that's true. But still, you got a 30, 38, 39 year old in goal, and sort of. But you also have veterans in front of him. Kiellini, Marquisio, Barzagli, Alexandro. Yeah, you you keep going on and on and on. So all right, you're gonna say that, but. It all comes from your goalkeeper. It's all telling the goalkeepers telling your center backs, your outside backs to cover the, which areas to sort of shift, shift, shift. But then again, his sort of stance on how he is from a goalkeeper is like no other that I've seen okay. or I've watched. Yeah. I feel like he's he won. What did he win? He won. He won the league title. And he won the cup twice. He won those two things last season. And if he won the Champions League, he would have been up there for a Ballon d'Or nomination. I feel. Okay. Honestly, that's, that's yeah, from no. my... Yeah, the, the only reason I, I disagree there is because look at P- uh, Petr Cech. He comes from Chelsea to Arsenal, and yeah. in one season, I think two seasons at Arsenal, he's conceded more goals than he ever did at Chelsea. Right. Like, his entire time there. I don't know if you know that or not, but, you know, that just is a testament to the fact that, you know, it has a lot to do with defense as well. Okay. You can be an amazing goalie and have a shitty defense and, yeah. and literally, like, concede... Or do you think, he's un- you think he was uncomfortable because he's in a different setup of what he was used to? Maybe. I mean, yeah, I think, but after a while, you should um, adjust to that. And, you know, I don't think a setup has to do anything with losing 5 0 to Liverpool away from home. That's okay. just a fact that the, the defense doesn't perform. And Czech should be able to, not be able to, but he won't be able to make those big saves if he's just getting constantly crapped on by, yeah. by like, what, Salah and, and Mane and all that. Yeah. So, you know, that's yeah. a little frustrating there. But that's just me. Like, I don't think. At 40 years old, I don't I don't see him as on equivalent to someone like Ronaldo or Messi or Neymar. I think I, I would say honestly top 20 to be to be fair to him because he is honestly a great goalie and yeah. So we all have our opinions. This is what's yeah great definitely about, yeah definitely great uh, about our views on the soccer. But let's sorry, what's the other thing that we saw that was very interesting about? I saw I think Raul mentioned it too. Do you want Do you want to segue yeah, us into, you, into the De Rossi story here? Yeah, I think you into you're, him being subbed and. Or going to be subbed? Let's, let's test I mean, it. I just saw it on... To be honest, I saw the video on Twitter. It was like a big deal on Twitter. And then... The fact to see him basically... 
deflect his opportunity to go in the game into to his other teammate, telling they should put who are they tell he insignia, insignia, insignia yeah. to put in instead of him. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of just. I wouldn't say cynical, but I'd say it's kind of just. Why would you say no? You know what I mean. Yeah. You're, Especially being a you're you're just one goal team. down. Yeah, yeah, you're a veteran player. Tied. They're tied. Or they, oh, I mean, aggregate. I mean, they were yeah, going yeah, down yeah, aggregate. Yeah. They needed a yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why are you going to say no? That's what I don't get. Like, yeah. step up to the plate. Yeah. Help your country out. Like that's what Carlos, you're there for. It was like the Carlos Tevez situation when he was at Man City. Yeah. So if you guys don't know what he's referencing to, Raul's referencing yeah. to, it's Daniel De Rossi, and he's a defensive mid. He's a center defensive midfielder. Yeah. And instead of, I guess, one I'm of the Italian coaches field. asked to put him on. Uh, they literally came up to him and said, "Hey, go warm up. Like, go sub on." Yeah. And he basically said, "No, like we he, don't. We're pointed, not trying to draw this game. We're yeah. trying to win this game." And he pointed to uh, to Insigne, who is a left forward or left winger, right. who honestly would probably be much more of a threat. But at the same time, though, I completely agree with him. Yeah. We're saying like, if you step up, you you could be a defensive midfielder yeah. score from a corner kick, a free kick, and this might also be the get Ro- forward. That was probably the Rossi's last game as an Italian player. Too. Yeah. So I mean, like, I definitely, I definitely, I, I'm, I'm, I'm both kind sides. Of, yeah. You see both I can sides definitely see it where you know he's trying to be a leader in saying like. Hey, like he's younger, he has more potential to score for us. You know, put him on. Right. But at the same time, though, is like you know, you're you're a leader too. You should step up, and you're you know, you're you're pretty old to your career now, so you might as well you know hop on and make the most of it. And exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think like he should be up for a shout, and he should be like one of those players who can come off the bench and you know bring leadership. Maybe even push someone of the midfielders uh, forward, and without directly scoring a goal, make someone else score a goal. Yeah, so. like slotting someone in or something like that. Yes, yeah. yeah, I mean that's pretty frustrating, but you know you see that. And you see the, the loss of Buffon now, and I just think now that Italy, just like Italy, just like the U.S., they now have to move forward in terms of having that youth back into the squad, yeah. just like you know, just like the U.S., where these veterans won't be playing for much longer. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players in the in the setup now that you can see. So Sergio Immobile, what happened to Balotelli? Is he still? Balotelli, I don't think he's in that fixture anymore because he just doesn't. He seems like he's more of a liability to them. I feel. Because he's playing, where is he playing? League One. Yeah. For Nice. All right, he's doing well. In, he's doing okay in Nice, but he just seems a little bit of a, too much of a loose cannon to be in that setup. The sort of Hopefully, thing. you can. He never he, changes, yeah. I mean. You know what's funny? You think about Balotelli? <coughs> that, like, that why always me thing was like five, six years ago now. Yeah. I feel, I feel old now, right? It's, it's crazy. Like, I think I'm, we're getting to the point where we're, we've watched so much, like, soccer and so many games that, you know, you start to see these things, like that Ibrahimovic goal. Yeah. It's five years ago. Yeah. I feel, I feel old as hell. <laughs> You're only freshman. Yeah, so let's, I, I want to I want to tie this in and, yeah. and, and talk to him real quick. Right. Uh, I want to reflect on your four years for for playing McDaniel soccer. I want to get we'll take we'll take a little yeah, break from our. What was the start? What was the start for you to pursue the McDaniel College soccer or the McDaniel College as an education? What was the What was the start? Was it, that would be four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whew, it was a while ago. It was a senior in high See, school. It, it, we're getting old now, man. Yeah, yeah. Time flies. Um, but I think a big probably a big big factor in that was fact that my brother was here right. um if it wasn't for him i don't think i would ever found out about this school mm-hmm. um your brother's but, a good player great player edgar edgar escobar great player yeah. from mcdaniel uh do you think he goes down as a legend for mcdaniel soccer or do you think he's he's more <laughs> i, I want to ask you think he's Damn. a legend at the school in terms of soccer or do you think he's more of a uh, just who was a great player will coach would look back on and say yeah he's a great player or do you think he's a, a legend for this for the school i think i don't know he was in a tricky situation his first two years he was under a different coach. He wasn't under our current coach. So those first two years, he was really just, you know, maybe... Was he enjoying it more, or was, what was the difference for that? Was he... Um, no, actually, I think he enjoyed his last two years okay. more than he did his first two years, because his second year, he ended up leaving school because he didn't like the team and because right, of other right, reasons. Right. But when he came back his junior year, and that's when we had some of the new coaches hired, 
um, he found his place in the team and he started to play his normal game. And then obviously his senior year when I came in as a freshman, that's when I got to see him at his peak, I guess you could say. Right. Um, I always great. found him a good player. He was, Edgar was a very solid player. Um, I think we're different we have different types of like style of play. That's right. why I kind of can't really like say. I feel like he'll go down as like a solid, a good player in good this player. program's a history. A notable player, yes. But um, in terms of like the thing is, those statistics always play a big role in that kind of thing. So yeah. he didn't have flashy statistics. Yeah, he was I mean, more of like a. He was like a vocal point of the team. He, well, he did score goals, yes, but he probably all right. It wasn't like all right, twenty three goals in seventeen games. Yeah, or something like that. It wasn't. Exactly. It was. It was more like that's. That's where you ask, how do you define a Daniel College legend? How yeah. what would you define as a legend for? That, that's what you think of. Is Nick over a legend now? Where he'll he'll, he'll move on? No, seriously though, because he yeah. played all. In, ter- well, in, ter- in terms, in terms, to be a McDaniel College legend, you need stats. To yeah. be yeah. honest, and you and need stats. Yeah, because this Nick- is such a small school that doesn't get respect in the Centennial Conference. That. Yeah. You can't be a player like a good player with no stats and get recognition mm-hmm. from this. To be a good player in this school, you need stats, and I think Nick Over will go down as a, as a probably one of the best goalies in this school's history, just because. And the conference, I feel personally, for it just depends on stats and stuff. Yeah, right? I know, yeah. but the thing is, he has most minutes played, right? Yeah, and he has most shutouts at the less, school. Yeah, so so his stats speak for themselves. Yeah, so I think he will go down as like one of the better, right? If not the best goalie. Yeah, in but the more about scene. yourself. More we get we we well, yeah we'll have, we'll have, yeah, we'll have you guys, you guys we'll, we'll have we'll have the future we, legend himself yeah, uh, on Friday of, as well yeah but yeah let's let's get more about about back. yourself I want to ask you uh, for myself though what has been your favorite moment um, as a I'd say in the soccer season because obviously we have some some great times past soccer we know about obviously but uh, we'll keep that under wraps uh, what was your favorite moment soccer wise uh, in your in your time here I want to my four years yeah in your four yeah. years here um, I think it's probably a battle between two. Uh, my freshman year, it's either my freshman year, when we beat Haverford 1-0 at home. At game, that though. time, they were the, the defending Satanic Conference champions, mm-hmm. so that was huge. Um, that was, was awesome to come in as a recruit and see you guys win that. You know, that's, That was one of the big selling points of me to come here and watching that game, because you know, I think that some recruits come and see us, like like last year, get smacked, like 5-0 at F&M, and it's just like, eh. Yeah. yeah. But like, that was a big game for me to watch, and you know, yeah, but It was going. a very gritty win. That was very, probably one of the biggest wins. Didn't Sean Foley score that game? Sean Foley, shout out Sean Foley. Um, <laughs> either that moment, or this year, actually, um, I think this year, my goal against WAC, against Washington College, yeah. uh, with like 15 minutes left uh-huh. to win it 1-0, that was just an insane moment. Um, that was such a huge win for us, because you know, really after what happened last year, I think that you could see the emotion, that the emotional release after that goal, you know, in terms of like the fans and even the players too. Like, there's coach so much was, tension. Yeah. There's so, I felt personally, yeah. watching the game, there's so much tension built up between you guys, like between everyone on the team, between the, the, the opponents, it was getting a little little aggressive nearing the yeah. end and it's sort of once you scored that you saw Washington College yeah what was it Washington like, yeah Washington College yeah. Washington College yeah they sort of deflated and you guys sort of prevailed through and sort of said alright we got this goal let's go back on it yeah but I, I agree with you on that moment because once you scored that it was like alright like Raul sort of established himself for the rest of the season of being one of the best players to play at McDaniel in my opinion but it's been a it's Damn. <laughs> but I mean, playing with you has been a pleasure. I mean, only it was only one season, but still, you sort of helped me help me out transition into this fixture and sort of helped me come here. Because I remember coming on my recruiting visit or the clinic, I think. I talked to you and Carlos a lot, and you sort of said, "All right, if you come here, like we're gonna have a better team." And I mean, I mean, it's like. This program from like the, my first year here, it's grown a lot. It's gone through my first year. We were a solid team. We were five hundred. We were like eight and eight. We had a lot of talent. 
Um, but the year after that, Billy, your freshman year when you came in, that was a rough year. Oh, yeah. um, we three, three wins fre- my freshman year, obviously. That was That bad. was, what, 2014 now? 2015. That's insane. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> and the year after that, we, you know, we improved a little bit, but we still had some growing pains. But I feel like this year... It came full circle, yeah. Yeah, it came full circle. Um, we got, what do we end up with, 10 wins? Oh, uh, yeah, 10, ten seven, seven, and two. And two. Yeah, I think. Which isn't bad. I mean, in terms of McDaniel standards, not bad. It's That's the first, first winning season in, what, 12 years? And then, mm-hmm. I guess, first time making playoffs. And how, playoffs. I don't even, I was talking to, to Wells there, and he told me that he looked all the way through, like, the archives, and he didn't see any playoff games since, like, 20, years. 30 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty cool to, to, to see that. But, uh, you know, um, take me take me through now. What's next for you? Like I want to ask you because you're you're obviously done with with soccer now, and you have now a whole what semester and a half or a third I guess to focus on you know your your either your teaching career or you know take us take us through what's next yeah. or you know will you be here more often? Do in you want to be of, a coach? Um, take take us a little through what's next for you. Well, I guess coaching kind of goes into my profession. Um, since I do want to be a teacher, it all depends if I have time to coach. I mean, as a first-year teacher, I don't think coaching would really fit into mm-hmm. my schedule. I just want to focus on being the best teacher I can. But I think eventually, in the future, I will coach. I mean, I coach now. I coach little kids back home right. and um, up here in Westminster as well, I coach. But I feel like right now, I'm just focusing on finishing this semester strong and then finishing and then starting my next semester, my last semester of college strong and then just starting to look at uh, jobs, applying to different jobs and then see where it goes from there. Um, but yeah, graduation cool. is upon me. Yeah, we wish, we wish you the best of luck. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah, now. it's crazy, right? <laughs> it's been a long four years, yeah. but it's also been a deceptively fast four years. I mean, I remember coming in as a freshman, I was very naive, you know, mm-hmm. still, still kind of stuck on high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how everyone is. I was the same. Yeah, one, right? but I mean. I've enjoyed my time at McDaniel. Yeah, People was, like try to ask, yeah, stigmatize it for being a yeah. small school, but you make the most of it. You make some really good friendships and memories here. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I so think I made a good decision. Let's, let's finish off your your little interview here on a on a little humorous note. Yeah. Uh, give me give me one of your just give me any random you know a funny story that that sticks out to you. I mean maybe that we don't know, but you know yeah. I think I, obviously I know some good ones between me and you that you know we've shared, but. Give give me something that that make our, our listeners you know laugh giggle you know something something that will that will stick out to them. What, what's something that sticks out to you? Yeah. Oh, a good story. Anything. It can be anything because you know yeah. we have we have the we explicit have the, explicit, have the explicit on right now. So you know you can you can you can van, venture out anywhere. And yeah. if you want to think, we can come back to it. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll move on to something. But if you got something right now, feel free to you know let us know. Funny story, man. You don't no need to put way. you on the spot like this. Yeah. I kind of I kind of just you thought about that off the top. You know. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, it can be on, off the field, doesn't matter. Anything, anything. It can be, yeah, it doesn't have to be soccer related. It can be absolutely anything. I think one thing that sticks out to me that I always laugh about was that whole um, Bertrand thing with, with JP and stuff. Oh, his, man. Old, his old speech does. <laughs> that, was, that was in like the, that was in like the, when McDaniel's in like downward spiral kind of. That was in really good times. Um, but I feel like, wow. There have been a lot of, funny moments on this team with this team with this current team actually i think this current team has endured a lot of funny moments actually you know what this is the one that's like fresh in my mind i remember this happened multiple times it's just that one encounter um but nick over this is this, nick over is involved but he's not the one that like hits right, the punchline right. so right. during games you know the other team will send in a cross or a shot or something and it comes in that lands in that that spot you know between oh. the goalie or like the defend the center back line where it's kind of like uh, should i go should i not go 
So Nick sometimes like doesn't come out when our defense feels like he should. Right. So then our center back named Sophis, shout out Sophis. Um, but when Nick doesn't come out, all we hear is as you know the center back gotta be vocal, yeah. you know, the voice of the team, everyone can hear you. When like those instances happen and Nick doesn't come out, all I hear is and playing next to Sophis sometimes the center back, I hear this a lot, I hear Sophis yell. It's a, it's a yell. Supposedly it's a yell, but it's more like a shout. Nick, you have to come out. Oh my God. And I just turned around and I'm like, are you yelling, Sophus? Or are you just like talking? You know, those are like funny moments on yeah. the field that you don't really notice until like the game ends. And it's just like, I just like look back and I'm like, oh my that. gosh, even this though, is so funny. Even I haven't played with Sophus, like the way he talks, he's a big man of stature, but his voice is just so like soft. Yeah. Just like buttery. Not to sound corny, but sort of like. Hey guys, how are you? Like that's literally how he speaks. But hopefully we'll get Sophus to start listening. Yeah, we get a freshman cast going on too. Yeah, the freshmen are very interesting. Yeah, what do you think about the freshmen? They're, I love them. They're so funny. They're probably has this been your favorite freshman class coming in in like your your four times your four years here. I think it's the most like complete. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm um, saying personality wise, though, is this been your favorite? You know, in terms of your friend who you've been close with. Yeah, I, I think I've seen you get the closest among like Cam, Wells, a lot of these guys who have come in and been young. You obviously come down to your house a lot and hung out. I think that plays a big role. In that, I feel but, like your class. I, I mean, think but, Billy. I feel like your class did. Yeah, because especially because we. I mean, we we did obviously you play and together. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you've Carlos there, but then you also have what me, Dalton. Alex Moore, Tyler Britt, um, you know, just Probably. all those. Your pledge class, I feel like, not to bring that, but I feel like that's more. No, it's fine. For, it's you, for you for you, personally, I feel like that's what got you more, I don't know. I feel like you enjoy yourself around them more than I mean, I feel more like, than usual. I don't know. That's what I feel. I don't really. We haven't done anything that much in a while. That's the thing. I mean, I, I don't, think, I don't find, I don't, I pretty much get along with everyone really easily. Like, yeah, I yeah, don't, yeah. Yeah. I love the freshman. I love Billy's class. I love the class after him. But I mean, I don't really have a favorite class. I just, you know, try to make you everyone feel everyone. equal, make yeah. everyone feel welcome. That's what I pretty much try to do. And it's just, yeah. I think this class though is just, like I said, they're probably the most well-rounded. They have people of all different personalities, yeah. to say the least. But um, yeah, they're a group, good group of kids. I'm missing when I'm out when I leave. It's not like you're, you're not going to come back, right? You're not gonna. You'll be a fan coming. Right? I've probably been here every like, once in a while, but I'm not gonna come back. Like, cameo at McDaniel College. You won't really just come back like some. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll yeah. keep. We'll keep. We'll keep those name, names off the air. Obviously, there's some situations. Yeah, there, but yeah. Let's. Uh, where it's it's twelve forty one. So you gotta go to class soon. soon but, yeah, but let's yeah. let's wrap up on a. Uh, I want to talk about some more soccer. Obviously, we're getting a little off topic. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to have a Gareth Bale conversation real quick because there's been a lot of rumors about that in the media uh, recently. Um, my question for you guys, I mean, you being, a, a, I guess, a Madrid enthusiast, I would say, not a fan. Would you say more of an enthusiast? He's a, he's enthusiast. A, you're, I thought you'd be I'm more of a Ronaldo fan, so okay. whenever Madrid's playing, like, you know, I'll, go, fair, I'll root fair. for Madrid. Fair, but you, you say you're a Man U fan, then. I'm a Man U so fan. you're a Fairweather fan of No, I, no he's definitely an enthusiast. He's an enthusiast of Madrid, and he's a, he's a, um, a frequent viewer, an enthusiast of Real Madrid, but a Ronaldo fan. So it comes full circle there. Okay. Yeah, so I wouldn't call him Fairweather, because, you know, I don't think he's rooting too hard for Madrid. Like, you know, you definitely, we watched the Champions League that one time, and you're definitely very, um, very into Ronaldo scoring. I remember you left my apartment, and you're like, tell me the score, whatever. Oh, and Ronaldo man. scored a goal, like, twice. Yeah, and you were going nuts. We're so, in yeah. Lo- we're in the locker room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about Gareth Bale, though. You know, he, he came from, from Spurs, what, three or four years ago? Four years ago. Like four years ago. Yeah, four years ago, for, like, a world record price tag. And you look at him now, 
And, you know, you see that one goal in the Copa del Rey final against Barca. That was a spark. And bar, bar that, maybe a few other brilliant goals, he's honestly not that Chains much. Bar, and he's honestly looking towards, looking towards, heading towards exit door. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, super aggressively each season, he's getting injured for longer times. And also, he's not really putting as much goals as he was for the first two years. And the importance of his goals as well were also a big factor of him being in the starting 11 and him being a vocal point of the team. But now that that's sort of like he's injury-ridden sort of and not necessarily playing week in, week out, I see his importance in the team declining, like, obviously. But I see him going out of the out of Madrid in the next season or two. You know what I find ironic about these injuries is, you know, at Spurs, he was barely ever injured. He was always, you know, that, that key player to look forward to. Yeah. But, you know, he probably played more minutes at Spurs than with Madrid. They have these the surface of players yeah. where they're able to rotate the squad so often. I think it's pretty ironic that someone like him is being injured, you know, very often because you know he's playing like one match a week. Where in Spurs he'd be playing what Every EPL, League Cup, yeah. Champions, or Champions League slash Europa League, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and then you know he's playing like two, two, three fixtures a week. Whereas in with Madrid, he's obviously coming in maybe for a weekend game and then he'll play Champions League. So he'll yeah, play one be, or two games. He'll be arrested for like three yeah. weeks. So I find it quite ironic that he's being injured more often and more seriously, obviously. So that's just kind of a test to maybe his. Maybe it's the fact that he went from such a you know such a hard. Right. I don't give let him chime in. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. give like he came from such like a hard you know atmosphere at Spurs where he's yeah. playing so often to such like a you know playing once or twice a week where maybe his body couldn't adjust to that or just kind of something went wrong there. Zidane has a, something to do with it, but Churro, what, what do you think? Churro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think just injuries are a part of the game, but it's also unfortunate. Some people get hit injuries more hit with more injuries than others, but this whole bail situation, I kind of. It kind of resembles the whole Hamas situation as well at Madrid. If mm-hmm. you noticed, when Bale came in, he was like the hot shot, the most yeah, expensive yeah, player. Yeah. Then Hamas came in right after the World Cup. He was the freaking the. He was the stud. Of he was the stud of the World Cup, and they paid like eighty-five million for yeah. him. And obviously, they both had really good first seasons. But after that first season, it's just they kind of just slowly went downhill for whatever yeah. reason. Um, obviously, Bale's just he's been injured. Hamas just fell out of favor from Benitez and Zidane. So I feel like it's unfortunate. And you saw Hamas eventually just left for Bayern. And I think the same is going to happen to Bale. It's just only a matter of time right. before he... So you think bailed. his relationship with Zidane's a little better, obviously, than the one with Hamas uh, Rodriguez? I think it is. I Definitely, mean, yeah, because it's more... I think it's a lot really injury-related. That's yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. Most yeah. of his absences, are, are, his absences are injury-related. They're not too yeah. much... You know, you don't hear about him getting in fights with coaches or anything like right. that. Right. And you see Isco taking advantage of that full force. Even Asensio, too. Yeah, Asensio. Because I think that once Asensio saw that Bale was out of the fixture and his name was in the team sheet, he's like, all right, time to make Being a money. young player, too, he stepped yeah, up, yeah. Time to make so I'll, I'll ask you guys, where, where do you see Bale, then, as his next destination? Where, you know, he definitely, I think he will leave. Where do you see him going? And his, also his price tag. I might, all right, I think... We'll, we'll go to Ser- Alan Smith here first. Syria. <laughs> Serie A. Serie A. What team, though? Um, AC Milan or Juventus. But that the question, though, remains, though, is do they have enough money to pay for him? You know, with the, of course. Well, with the economic crisis in Italy, do you think that they can afford players like that? Well, it depends. If, if AC Milan's winning the league, they're going to get a bonus at the end of the season. And they're, but how much is that bonus worth in Italy, though, with the economic crisis once again? Because they sign a bunch of players, but they're all, you know, like this summer, AC Milan signed like seven, eight players, but they're all worth $20 million or less. Right. Okay. All right. Well, then you think you've, I think more Juventus then. More Juventus would be inclined to assign him because you see, you see Douglas Costa making that move for about, was it, $32, 33000000 million? And Juventus, yeah. To Juventus, yeah. So yeah. it seems like he's not having a difficult time adjusting to it. So. We'll see. Or Lee or Lee Yeah, come back. Yeah, go to you real quick. Where do you, yeah. where do you see Bale and for what price tag? 
I could see him in like Allen said in League One, I or yeah. I could see him in kind of like a mid-table Premier League team. I feel like he might go back to Swansea. He could go back to Swansea. I could see maybe like a Everton type he started, of team. He started Southampton, right? He did. I think. He did start Southampton. Yeah, but he's yeah. a Welsh man, so being. I, I think that's too far of a fall. The only way I possibly see him in one of those mid-level teams is if he's on loan. For a year or two, like you know, Sanchez, right. Ronaldo Sanchez coming well, from Bayern. The, you see, like the Hesse Rodriguez and um, what's his name, Shakiri going to Stoke. That's true. Yeah. So you sort of see what happened to like the but Bayern yeah. Munich and yeah. Real Madrid rejects where they go. So it's gonna be. I wouldn't call him a reject though. You know, that, no, that's, that's say, a tough, a tough word. I, mean, I just meant, I just meant in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just meant the situation. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, you know, a player of his quality when he's when he's obviously healthy. Yeah, I I think he would obviously if he comes to the EPL, he's definitely a top four, top five team where he either comes back to Spurs or maybe Man U. That's been in the news as well. Right. Or you know, if he does League One, I can definitely see him at PSG. You know, as a replacement for Draxler, they get Draxler out of there for that money, that uh-huh. price tag, and maybe you know, uh, get Draxler and uh, Di Maria out of there and bring in Bale possibly. You know, that'd be absolutely gross. Was Mourinho- Bale, uh, Cavani, Mbappe, and Neymar? Oh my God! Right. You was, never know. Was Mourinho? Um- Gareth Bale's coach at any point at Real Madrid, or is that right before? Do you know? I think it was right after. Or right after. Because when Bale came in, Ancelotti was the coach. Okay. And then who was after Ancelotti? He stayed there for what two years? Yeah, wasn't uh, Zidane afterwards though? Or was it Benitez for one year or for like that half? I year? can't keep and up with Zidane. Zidane. <laughs> yeah, but I think Mourinho was before Bale. Yeah, got he was there, definitely before. right before Bale got there. Yeah, because he went to what? He went to what's called Mourinho went to uh, hmm. to Chelsea. He went to come back to Chelsea. Interesting. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. If you look at you look at a, a, a what's it called um, Mourinho maybe learning Bale back to Man U, like I said. Um, Interesting. Because they would have the, the money to pay for him as well. Maybe like he's worth. In today's market, though, is like you question though is is he like that Pogba player who's worth like 170 million pounds right. now? No, his value is definitely is definitely dropped down. So you know maybe they pay. 80 Brian Giggs will get him on the phone and we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're running out of time here. I want to edit this real quick. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap this up and you know get off the air? It's been. Bro, I really appreciate you coming on. Did you, did you enjoy your Did yeah, you enjoy did your first you ever your ever uh, episode on views? Obviously, I mean, I think once you come back on more often, it'll be less geared towards you know, interviewing you. It'll be yeah. more you chiming in your your opinions, your opinions, which are honestly honestly they're they're awesome. You have some great insights, especially to you know to Real Madrid, where we kind of talk about Madrid, but we're not more in depth with that because you know we're not like we don't watch as much, right. and we're not uh, geared to the history of them. And I think having like what a Liverpool fan, an Arsenal fan, and obviously a big Man U fan would you know create a cool dynamic. So you're obviously welcome anytime. I mean, definitely, if, you, if your schedule works and we kind of get you on this, we get a good uh, schedule of actually having cemented times yeah. where we don't have to, like, you know, be like, hey, I can't do this. I think it honestly work where I really enjoy this. And we literally talked for, it's been, like, four, 35, 40 minutes now where it's... I feel like, like it'd be interesting if we did a, uh, what was it going to say, uh, happy hour, post-happy hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do, we do, we do I like your thinking now. <laughs> we do a happy hour. happy hour. Well, hey, we, we have an episode on Friday uh, coming up. So, I mean, definitely you said we were looking about do happy hour on Friday. Maybe yeah. we could do like a Friday night episode, you know, before we before we get the, uh, the festivities going on Friday night. Yeah. Do something after happy hour possibly. You think about that? With, with Nick too, that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a very interesting uh, yeah. podcast. Let's, let's think about that. Yeah, but uh, I want to say you're welcome anytime. Uh, we'll, we'll talk afterwards, obviously, but, you know, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Give me some thoughts on your experience yeah. on, of your first what, time. What did you think that we as a group did well? Yeah, I like, the, you yeah. I like the constant uh, conversations, you know. There's never really, like, a like a pause. Right. Never really good. And we bounce around a lot. Bounce around off each other, feed off each other. I like that a lot. I feel like it's very – it's a good pace, you know. It's not just 
too slow just sitting yeah. here but i feel like we're good. we got good feedback we bounce off each other um we don't always i like how you guys don't always essentially agree with each other you know give each other like you said everyone's yeah. entitled to their own opinion give each other your own opinions and that creates more right. more conversation. I really like that. Without friction, there's no fire. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Alan spent the quote of the day. Without friction, there is no fire. Obviously, but yeah, I'll I'll probably put that in our in our episode with the little quotes. Without friction, there's no fire. Yeah, Alan yeah. Smith on what what's today? Today is November fourteenth, two thousand seventeen. It is approximately twelve fifty p.m. I'll quote that from that exact time period with the Love second. It. Yeah. But uh, it's been awesome, Raul, to have you. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with a new episode of Views from the Touchline. This will be up in hopefully about half an hour or so. Yep. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and we'll see you guys back on Friday. See ya. God bless. Shout out Dr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs>